Welcome back to AQ's Blog and Grill, where we dish up fast food for thought on branding and entrepreneurship. Before we get started, don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening. And after the show, leave us a comment with your thoughts on today's episode. Now here's your host, Alan Corey. Hey, everybody, and welcome to AQ's Blog and Grill. We're excited today to have Danny Baisley here with us. And Danny is a VP Marketing of uh, an emerging uh, organization called Driver Seat. And um, I want to know a little bit more about her as a, as a woman in business and this new organization called Driver's Seat. Welcome, Danny. Hi, Alan. How are you? Very well. Thank you for asking. Danny, what, what is Driver's Seat and what are you guys up to these days? So Driver's Seat is a franchise. Um, here I'm at the uh, head office right now. Uh, we have 60 franchisees. Uh, we, are, we started out of Kitchener, Ontario. We have expanded to uh, the States this past year. So we're, you know, we're growing across the states extremely quickly, and uh, our business model is we have two business models actually: chauffeur services, which is you can hire a chauffeur to drive your vehicle around, or shuttle services, which allows you to hire a chauffeur and a vehicle, which specializes in the nine to twenty-four passenger space. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so, so who are the people that are engaging with uh, the service? Uh, who are the people that are calling for the chauffeur or the shuttle service? So um, although the business model started as more chauffeur-based, which was based on designated driving, so someone calling or ordering via the app later in the evening when they wanted to get their vehicle home, uh, we've grown to realize there's a bit of a gap in the space of the 9 to 24 passenger vehicle where on one end, you know, you have big coach buses and on the other end, you have Uber and somewhere in between, there wasn't really a accessible and nationally renowned brand that could service from that space. So we have a couple different uh, consumers and businesses that, that use, utilize our services. And it really depends to where the franchisee is located and what the, their niche is. So uh, we do do a ton of weddings. And of course, you know, we have a lot of um, airport shuttle transfers and from a b2b com component we do a lot of employee transfers and we've worked with a lot of businesses on getting employees from space to space if you know your factories outside of town how do you right. get people there if you if you have a business that's not in a metropolitan area how do you get people there to fill those positions so providing employee transfer has become a bit of a niche from a contract standpoint as well excellent so mm -hmm. the folks that are investing in a franchise, if I want to become a franchise owner, who am I likely to be? What kind of profile uh, would you have in your, your franchisees? Uh, we have a very diverse group of franchisees and it, it's, it's awesome because there's so many different minds and types of people in uh, within our franchise group uh, from couples who, you know, they wanted to start, you know, they wanted to own their own business. It's a fairly low cost uh, startup because you don't require a brick and mortar. So right. to start the business, it's a low, low capital startup and then allows you to build and grow your vehicle and your fleets based on the contracts required. So right. um, it's, we have a lot of couples who have taken this on. It's, you know, the next step in their career. They have a ton of business experience, but, you know, they're ready to own a business. So for them, it becomes an option where they can own a business for a low cost and grow it you know, as hard as they're willing to work and um, acquire those contracts, lots of business relations, lots of networking, and um, really create a, a nice lifestyle for themselves and their families. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So as you're building this business, how important is culture at Driver's Seat? So we, I mean, govern, we, we're governed by culture. It's one of the most important things in our office. And for anyone who's connected with me on LinkedIn or any of my colleagues, you 
you will have seen that we have a very high energy office with lots of you know lots of young people who are excited to get involved and we had pajama day I think a few weeks ago because it was national fun at work day so everyone showed up in onesies and I mean that's having the fun is one aspect but it's also about you know we want to create an environment where it's really educational and developmental for everyone on our team this is a growing company and we really believe in what we're doing and what we're providing for our franchise partners and we you know we want to make sure that yes play is very important to us but also so is profit and progress and that's Every day we come in knowing that we're gonna work hard and we're gonna we're gonna bust our butts to make sure that we get where we need to be, but we're gonna have fun doing it. Excellent. Well, I I do follow you on LinkedIn and I I do see some of the uh, some of the photographs and they're great. And and why not? I mean, I don't get why businesses think they have to be so straight about everything that it's mm-hmm. it's cut and dried. It shouldn't be. Yeah. Well, you're doing very well there now. You come from a, a communications program, a communications degree at uh, Wilfrid Laurier University. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Chamber of Commerce, I understand you were recently uh, the recipient of, of kind of a nice uh, award uh, recognition there. What was that all about? Um, so actually, I'm fairly certain one of my colleagues nominated me for this, <laughs> this award. It was the first year that uh, the Chamber of Commerce have, has changed the award from young entrepreneur to young professional. And Mm -hmm. although I'm not an entrepreneur myself, um, or yet I may say, but um, I, they nominated me for this award and, you know, I'm I'm only 24 years old at this point. So there's, there's a long length of list of things I want to do in my career, but uh, what I've achieved thus far, they were, they were fairly proud of me and they thought it warranted a nomination for the space to celebrate what I've done as a professional and a woman in this community. Yeah, and there were like six or seven hundred people there for the event. It's quite something, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of a gala. And there you were. And and were you surprised? Very surprised. Um, <laughs> once again, for anyone who follows me on any sorts of social media, I am a very vibrant, colored person. I like oranges and reds and pinks. And I didn't. I wore a navy blue dress because it was on brand because our mm. secondary color is blue. And because right. I didn't think I was going to win, so I would have been <laughs> showing up in a bright red dress if I really thought I was going to win. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure it's going to be one of uh, one of many recognitions as as you move forward. So, what is uh, what does the future look for like for Danny? Are you, um, are you, are you you're obviously a, a lifetime learner. What what do you like mm-hmm. to learn more about as your career? develops i don't want to put it in any specific field marketing mm-hmm. is one that i happen to just have a bit of a niche for and a bit of an mm-hmm. eye um which is how i ended up in this space but i mean like i said a culture is really important to me and i um renata ruzniak is someone that i've always always been really inspired about and she's really passionate about uh organizational culture and i really okay. love what that means for an organization and that next phase and always developing uh, and because I, I want driver's seat to be a leader in organizational culture, so that for me that that's on the forefront of what's important to me um, from this organization standpoint. I also, you know, I've really started to get involved um, in a not-for-profit space, and I am working on several initiatives to continue to develop what that looks like. Um, I, of course, I am as a woman. I also belong to the LGBTQ community, so I have a you know another intersectional aspect to my development there, where I know I can help grow the community and exposure and what that looks like for LGBTQ people in business. 
Right. And I think you were just uh, appointed to a board. Spectrum, uh, a board. Spectrum, so. yes, of course. Yeah. 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 I, so they're they're I, one of the initiatives. I'm looking at helping them do a brand overhaul to become more modern and connect with a bit of a younger audience. Yeah, good. I've yeah. I've uh, been a fan of uh, Spectrum for uh, yeah, probably the last five or ten years, and they do need some uh, some new approaches. So I'm I'm glad mm -hmm. to see that you're in, and they're very open to it, and they're really excited because you know for a long time, and this comes from the history of the way the, L the LGBTQ space is that people you know they wanted to create a space that was safe versus creating a lot of spaces that were safe. And then for me, it's about mm. let's change the community. Let's stop asking the community to come to us. Let's change how the community sees us. And that's, that's the way I wanted to, to change the change the mentality. And I want to, I want the next phase is that this, you know, we come from a fairly diverse community and we're very fortunate for that. And uh -huh. I'm very lucky to have grown up in a space where the city is super diverse uh, culturally and um, with the different backgrounds and all sorts of spaces. And, I want to just further develop that. Yeah, good show. So that is, that's really being a, a community-based, but but more, in my mind, humanity-based, um, which is something they're kind of connected, but most people don't take it right up into that humanity scale. And uh, that's, that's how the world is going to get better, I think, Danny, for, uh, for sure. So let's go back to your university career. Um, you enrolled in a communications program. I actually was in economics first. <laughs> well, oh, and you were smart enough to get out of that. Right? I, I still have a minor, but. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. I taught at that school for 27 years in the business program. And mm -hmm. uh, fortunately, I was on the marketing and branding side of things. But my colleagues, some of them were e economists. Mm -hmm. hmm. Boring. Not very interesting applied to the right places. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's, that's very generous of you to say. So um, what is it then that, that kind of sparked you, um, not just away from economics, anybody would get away from that, but into the communications area? What, what was the driver there? Um, I always wanted to study business and, mm -hmm. um, and I looked at lots of programs far and wide and I looked at and it and I got into economics. I, I did really enjoy it um, in what I had learned in my uh, obviously prior to university education. We had several mm -hmm. courses at my school and I had a business uh, piece there and I loved what economics had offered me and I loved the accounting part of economics as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I really started as a numbers person and then I guess more of my artistic side came into play and then I started to study about visual culture and propaganda and pop culture how that's all affected from branding and media and those who who say I went into marketing could say that I'm contributing to some of the some of the bad <laughs> things that marketing does but I yeah. think that you I think you can do a lot of great things with a positive brand as well yes. as you know drive sales and growth yeah Absolutely. Uh, pretty much everything is marketing when you get down to it. Um, oh, oh, yeah. You know, you're helping people buy into ideas. You're helping people buy into lifestyle. You're helping people buy into culture. And yes, products. Uh, they, mm -hmm. they come along with that as well. Okay, great. So where do you think the future of marketing is going to go? Is it right now, it seems to be going a lot into. Uh, of course, social media, social media marketing. Uh, what aspects do you see growing that you could use uh, to advantage at uh, driver's seat? Um, where are you going to go with your marketing? 
so I think some of the bigger conversations that I've come across the last couple of years have been in influencer marketing. And, it's, mm-hmm. you know, we all, I mean, we've always all seen those older commercials and, you know, some, some celebrity would come on and say, I use this product and I love it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, that's just gone to the extreme now with social media, now influencer marketing, someone who represents a brand full, full, fully online, they become the face of the the brand and, that comes with some some negativity because until they do anything wrong, the brand is also tarnished. But I think to some degree, and not necessarily in every aspect of our business, will that work? But at the end of the day, our franchise partners are going to become our influencers, and they become our mark our, our marketing. They, right. And showcasing them and what they do and who they are will be the most important next step for our brand. And that, to some degree, that is influencer marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're local and regional. Uh, as you grow. Now, you've got 60 franchisees right now. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to grow? Is it going to be a geographical growth? Are you looking at the eastern seaboard of the United States? You know, where, where are we going to see more driver's seat uh, franchises? So right now, um, you know, we have lots of awesome opportunities in the pipeline. Western Canada is one That's that, fun. you know, there's a ton of opportunity out there. You know, Vancouver itself has has had some transportation limitations. Uber right. has just been re- introduced to the community. So, for yeah, for that community and for Western Canada, that's a spot we're looking to develop in. Um, and then really, really in across the states. So we're in Georgia right now, as well as Tennessee. Oh, okay. um, and you know, we're we're currently working some operational standpoints. Every state has their own specific laws, so sure. there's some restrictions to to the growth there, but. It's really about finding the right franchise partner, despite where they are, and then making sure that we can get we can get it through so that they can grow and develop in that area. So, right. with the population in the states, there's just there's just much more availability for territories than there are, than there sure. are up here. Yeah, yeah. the scale is uh, quite impressive. How you can scale in the U.S. versus versus Canada, but yeah. uh, as you say, you know the the name of the country is the United States. I'm not sure that they're that united. <laughs> there seems to be a lot of separation between all the different territories and, and state lines. It's, yeah, it's very interesting from a, being a Canadian-based businessman trying to trying to manage into that space. And mm-hmm. I mean, they're local. They'll be local franchise partners, and they know their area, and they know their state, and they know their space. Yes. But bringing our brand down there from a corporate mm-hmm. space has been a little bit yeah <laughs> complicated. Well, it's going to be complicated. I mean, almost everything is, uh, mm-hmm. but I have a feeling that uh, your organization is going to be able to take that challenge on. You guys oh, are are really rip roaring your way into, uh, you know, a, a great place, a great place in that category. Um, mm-hmm. What what who is your major competition? Um, it, at this point, you know, and I'm sure there one day will be a brand who nationally wants to compete against us mm-hmm. uh, but right now it's it's typically you know mom and pops in different locations you know someone right. who owns an airport shuttle business and has owned it for many years and they do that or you know someone who does you know specifically what wedding transport or someone mm-hmm. who does wine tours and you know it really comes down to a local region and then there's there's typically some competition there in a transportation mm-hmm. space because sure. someone's serving those customers just no one's perfecting it and no one's doing it on a on a global level. Yeah, cool. I would uh, I would love to have you guys in the San Francisco area uh, and do those wine tours up into Napa. 
Well, we're very excited. Uh, the franchisees here with us today are in the Niagara region, and that's going to be a big, uh, a big uh, opening this May. So that will be a huge opportunity for them. There's a huge wedding space there, as well as yes. wine and lots of tours in the, the Niagara on the Lake space. Yeah. Oh, love that. So okay, well, we'll Danny, have to get you set up with a tour then. <laughs> count me in. Put my name on a list right now. Danny, it's been great chatting to you, and I know you're going to do well at, at driver's seat and a lot of other things because that seems to be the kind of person you are. So there you go, and thanks very much for being on AQ's Blog and Grill. Thanks for having me. Okay. Talk to you later. Thanks for joining us this week on AQ's Blog and Grill. Make sure to hit subscribe wherever you're listening so that you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, let us know what you think of the show and who you'd love us to grill next. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next Monday with a brand new episode of AQ's Blog and Grill. AQ's Blog and Grill.